0: Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 483, Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Daryl Darnell. Every night at bedtime, my kids have a high-five contest with me, and I believe that if you aren't learning you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I share lessons I learned after being damaged by lies. Greetings, salutations, happy Monday, y'all. I hope you had a great weekend, and I hope you are ready for a great week ahead. I don't know about you and your neck of the woods, but for me and my neck of the woods, our kids are starting school this week. Yeah, so it would be a fun week around here, (laughs) that's for sure. Well, let me ask you this. What do you do, what do you do when someone lies about you and shows no remorse? Well, that's what we're going to tackle today. But before we tackle that, let's tackle the fun fact for today. Since we're talking about lies in today's episode, let's fill our fun fact section of the episode with some facts that sound like lies, but are actually true. Number one, Maine is the closest U.S. state to Africa. It's true. I even went to Google Earth and measured it out myself. I was blown away. I thought it would be Florida. It's not. It's Maine. Number two, Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the iPhone than she did to the building of the Great Pyramid. Yeah. Number three, this, <laughs> this made me feel old. Number three, Home Alone, the movie Home Alone with, you know, Macaulay Culkin, was released closer to the moon landing than it was to today. I know. Let's go cry in a corner. Number four. New York City is further south than Rome, Italy. That's true, too. I learned that one a few years ago, and that's another one I had to go to the map, and I'm like, no, it's not. Holy cow. Yes, it is. All right. And the final one. This is kind of sad. Cue the, uh, Titanic music. Uh, right, here we go. Pluto, the planet, well, the dwarf planet, never made a full orbit around the sun from the time it was discovered until when it was declassified as a planet. Yeah, poor guy. (laughs) Well, those are your fun facts today that sound like lies, but they're actually true. You know what else is true? The Friday Forum is awesomer when you are a part of it. You can be a part of this podcast. The Friday Forum is your chance to share the stuff that you've learned in your life. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how long your story is, or how short it is. You can send in your story by calling 304-837-2278, or you can head over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you can typey typey out your contribution or upload an audio file. Or use that SpeakPipe widget. It's super easy, and I would love to have you as a participant in this week's Friday forum. The mailbag is empty, so don't delay. Submit your contribution today. All right. Well, here's what I learned yesterday. Today's story is one that I've been putting off for a long time. In fact, I almost told this story for the umpteenth time last week, and I made a last minute change. It's a story of one of the most frustrating, painful, and damaging things that ever happened to me during my nearly 19-year career at my previous job. And Because of that, I've left the names of the people out of this story. There is a lot to this story and much more than I can share in this brief amount of time that we have together today, but let me give you a little bit of background. When I was promoted to the position of e-commerce director, I was given a job that didn't previously exist. I got the job because of my knowledge of programming and store operations and purchasing. I also understood new media and social media better than nearly everyone at the company at that time. My team and I spent a lot of time researching and building a branch of the company that didn't fit into our normal structure. All of our other stores got one big order each week delivered from our central warehouse via our own trucking system. Our orders were shipped out a box at a time to people all over the world. Our stores communicated with their customers in person or occasionally over the phone. We communicated with our customers via phone, but also email and social media. Our stores were able to reach new customers by tapping into local media and advertising opportunities. We reached new customers with online ads on Google and Facebook and things like that. So as we explored various things and had ideas, we often took the approach that it was easier to ask forgiveness than permission. When there was significant money or impact on the overall company, we sought permission from my boss, who was the president of the company. But I met with him weekly, and we had a very similar philosophy about our online vision and initiative, so I didn't need to ask permission for most of the day-to-day decisions that I was making. I mean, that's why I was given that position, was to make those decisions. Well, naturally, not everything we did worked, and we made some mistakes along the way, as anybody would. And we had a lot of growing pains. We carried tens of thousands of products, and not all of these products were ready for the web. We purchased a database from the largest distributor in our industry and tapped into data feeds from our vendors, but there were still a lot of gaps. Thousands of items had incomplete data, and those gaps in data ranged from dimensions and weight of the product, which impacted shipping rates, to images and product descriptions. Some of the products lacked even the most basic information. So my team became responsible for physically going out to our warehouse to check each item and fill in the missing data. This meant that we actually weighed, measured, and photographed thousands of items. Not only that, we also ran the social media accounts for the company, we ran the online ads, we shipped out all the orders, managed customer service, and even negotiated rates on packaging supplies. We also worked directly with... Online technology companies for email campaigns. We oversaw the coding for the custom web pages that changed weekly and oversaw new development on the website. And that's a huge variety of skills required to run our division of the company, and all of it was ultimately my responsibility. As we took on some of these things, some of the other areas of the company had their own ideas of how things should be done. Interestingly, they almost never came directly to me with their ideas. Instead, they went above my head and issued their ideas to either my boss or the company's CEO. And, of course, most of the time their ideas were presented in a way that undermined what we were doing while simultaneously selling themselves as the answer to the problem. One person in particular that was notorious for this was the director of our marketing department. In the breakdown of our company, he and I were equals. We were both directors. However, some of the directors reported to the company president, while others reported to the CEO. And of course, the CEO outranked the president, so it was common for those reporting to the CEO to get preferential treatment, or at least get their ideas done. And the marketing director, of course, reported to the CEO. One day while I was out on vacation, The marketing director took that opportunity to meet with the CEO and begin a campaign to make me look incompetent and foolish. After his meeting, he told some of his staff that they would be soon taking over several of the responsibilities that my department had been doing. And after that, well, the rumor mill got busy. I was out in the middle of the Oklahoma River in a kayak when I got the call. It was my assistant. and She was wanting to know why marketing was taking over many of her roles. Of course, I knew nothing about it. So when I returned from vacation, I was called into a meeting with the CEO and the marketing director. And the marketing director had convinced the CEO that I was screwing things up and the CEO was prepared to give him several of our tasks. I fought back with facts and data. I showed him how well we were performing and showed metrics that revealed that we were doing much better than many companies with much more money and exposure. And so the CEO allowed us to maintain control of those responsibilities, but it felt like it was only a temporary victory. However, major damage was done to me that day. This meeting was set in a casual format. Our CEO had four high-backed chairs positioned around a coffee table in his office, and the three of us sat in those chairs facing each other and went through each area of my division piece by piece. And the marketing director had a list of what he wanted to take over and what he thought I should keep. Interestingly, the marketing director did not want to take control of our online marketing campaigns with Google and Facebook. He thought that should be my responsibility. But to me, those were things that we never should have been doing, but we did them because they needed to be done and no one else was doing them. He also didn't want to take over the photography of our website, but to me, that didn't seem like a task that my team should be in charge of. Still, he was quick to criticize the job that we were doing with photography. In fact, he told the CEO that buyers were coming to him and complaining about the photographs that my team was providing for products. He said that the buyers told him that they had repeatedly asked me to take better photos, but nothing had been done. Now, I knew that that was an outright lie. It was a lie to make me look like I was operating in a silo, that I didn't care about the requests of other parts of the team, and it made me look like I was incompetent. This was not the first time that the marketing director had made up a lie about a conversation he had had with a buyer. And so I stopped him, I interrupted him, and I called him out on his lie. I reminded him of the exact lie he had said about me before. And I asked him to restate his story about the photographs and to name the names of the people who had said it. And I then told him and the CEO that I would follow up with those people and report back with their version of the story. I approached the buyers separately and asked them to tell me what happened. I tried to be as vague as possible as not to lead them in any way. Well, sure enough, both of their stories matched each other, but neither of them matched the story of the marketing director. It turned out that they were complaining about the images for some jewelry, and those images were all photos that the vendor had supplied. Now, if a vendor supplied a photograph for an item, then my team never got involved. We were only flagged for items that had no photo. In fact, both of the buyers also said that they told him that they were wanting my team to take new photos of the items so that the items would have good photos. Well, you're not going to believe what happened next. I scheduled a meeting with the CEO. And at that meeting, I reminded him of the marketing director's story. And he remembered. I then reminded him that I had called his story out as a lie. And he remembered. I then told the CEO about the conversations that I'd had with the buyers and how their stories matched each other, but not his, thus proving that it was a lie. And the CEO did nothing. He didn't call in the marketing director to ask him about the lie. He didn't even say that he would follow up with the marketing director about the lie. He told me that I needed to go work it out with the marketing director. What? One of your employees? is saying lies about another employee, and you're not going to do anything about it? You expect the employees just to work it out? Well, that's not going to happen. But I tried. So I went straight to my office, and I set up a meeting with the marketing director. We met either that same day or the very next day in his office. When I told him what I had discovered, he refused to acknowledge the lie. He refused to acknowledge what he had said in the CEO's office. In fact, he refused to even talk about it. He said that our conversation with the CEO was in the past, and he wasn't going to spend time rehashing what's happened in the past. Now, mind you, that conversation had taken place less than a week prior. But he completely shut down the conversation and just sat there, refusing to say anything. So nothing was ever done. Well, that's not true. Damage was done to my character. And the CEO's confidence in my abilities was shattered. And nothing was the same after that. About eight months later, the president of the company resigned. And I knew immediately that I was in trouble. He was my visionary companion. He was the one that had defended me time and time again when I had been attacked in closed door meetings with the CEO or the marketing director. With him gone, the odds were not in my favor. Sure enough, about two months after the president left, I got called into another meeting, but this time it was only the CEO. It was a quick meeting. He told me that I was losing control of nearly all of the responsibilities that I had developed. All of them were going to marketing, and the decision was final. Here's what I learned. As I said earlier, this was one of the most frustrating, painful, and damaging things that ever happened to me during my 19-year career at my previous job. And I'm still not over it, as I'm sure you can tell, but in the tone of my voice. In fact, I still have dreams about this situation and the people who were involved. And after the lies were told and accepted, I knew my days at the company were numbered. I lost so much respect for these two men that I knew I had to go if they didn't fire me first. It was 22 months before I could finally say goodbye, and those months were extremely difficult. My attitude went down the toilet. I stopped trying to arrive to work early, and I stopped working late. I started doing just enough to get things done and rarely tried to go above and beyond. I wasn't happy, and my countenance showed. My new boss even scored me down on my next evaluation because of my poor attitude, and he was right. The people that took over those tasks were nice people but they made a lot of mistakes, and I know it sounds like sour grapes, and I'm sure some of it is, but I truly believe that we did a better job. The absolute truth is that the heart was ripped out of both me and my assistant, who had worked tirelessly to develop these areas of our company from nothing to a point where other companies in our industry were taking notice of what we were doing. I even had been interviewed by one of our industry experts and called out for being a visionary in the social media work that we were doing. But none of that mattered in the end. I sat in meetings and watched the marketing director take credit for stuff he didn't do and tear people down behind the scenes. Other people had meetings with the CEO and reported lies and deceit that had been carried on by the marketing director about them. But it always seemed to fall on deaf ears. So really, what did I learn? Well. I waited and waited and waited for the CEO to call me up and tell me that the marketing director had been discovered to be a manipulative liar. I hoped that my reputation would be restored. I longed for the day that one man wouldn't have so much sway on the CEO. I hoped for an apology. I expected an apology. I deserved an apology. But that apology has never come. One day, a wise man came to our offices and led a staff meeting. He talked about forgiveness and apologies. He said that we need to realize that forgiveness doesn't come when someone asks for it. He said that it's up to each of us to grant forgiveness, and that it's not dependent on whether or not the offending party has asked for it. The truth is, he said, that the offending party may not even know that they have offended How will they ever ask for forgiveness if they don't even think that they've done anything wrong? Wise words indeed. I don't know that I've truly forgiven the marketing director for his lies and the damage that he caused. Some days I think I have. Other days, like this one, when I sit and I think about it for a while, I tense up. I replay those meetings over and over in my mind, and I get angry all over again. Is it possible to forgive someone and still get angry about it? I doubt it. But I have learned this for sure. I can't dwell on it. When I find myself dwelling on it, I force myself to change my train of thought. I have to move on in my mind. I have to let it go. I've learned that I have to continuously choose to let it go, to live in the present, and refuse to give power or authority To those who have harmed me. I'm Darrell Darnell, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I would be grateful if you'd share this podcast with a friend.